It was a great weekend. I don't know who all, I don't even have my voice left. It's like, ah, you know it's good when I lost my voice by the end of it. But it was an amazing weekend. We had just awesome angelic ministry. Who, who would like to just maybe give a testimony of something that God did this weekend? Right? I know I didn't plan for this. I didn't ask anybody to do it. But all right, come on up, Nani. I love doing those weekends. I love to see how God shows up. It's an, I'm blown away, honestly, by the presence of God in this place and on this ministry. And I love the mic, right? Um, <laughs> um, last night, Shalise was really polite. And she said, I feel like God is renewing, okay, an old lady. But she said it really politely. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> um, did, you see, did you see me being crazy? I didn't lose my breath. It was fabulous. Oh, oh, and you'll love this. I've been so nearsighted, like blind, since I was 12. I can read from the back of the room. <laughs> Wow. Well, that's an awesome testimony. Jesus, you're so good. We love you so much. We love what you do to your people. What I actually said, it was a Holy Ghost facelift. That's what I actually said as part of that. So just step into that today. Amen. I'm grabbing that one. Anybody else have a testimony of just something God did this weekend in, in your life? Anyone want to share? Well, I know he did some awesome things. I just am looking, oh, come on, one more, who's going one more? Oh yeah, okay. What should I say? Because he did a lot. But yesterday when we were, we, we just started playing again, I was on the floor singing, but there was just Jordan, Shalise, Galen, and Larry, we were all singing. There was no one else playing but Jordan. But there was an entire band behind us playing. There, there was a shofar that blew six times. That no one, no one was, Larry didn't even bring a shofar yesterday. There was a shofar that blew six times. And I just heard him this morning say, just get ready for more of that. Just get ready for more of that. Whoa. Whew. Yeah, there's such an increase in angelic ministry, you guys. I was so, I mean, I was, I sobered up by the time I left last night, but then I got in the car and those dang angels were in the car waiting on us. And I could not drive home. I drove like five miles an hour, like a grandma. Like I was, I was hunched over the steering wheel. I was like, if you guys don't stop it, this is not good. And then I got to my house. I was going into the driveway. I was so out of my mind. I caught, my front wheels got caught on the little bitty step that goes into the driveway. You know how everybody has one of those little things, not the driveway, the garage, like there's, it's this tall, right? Well, the car wouldn't go over it. No, literally, I got stuck going into the garage. I was like, ah, you know, and, and, then, and then I finally get into the garage and then it got stuck on the back wheels. I mean, it was like a comedy show getting home last night. Anyway. God's presence is so awesome, isn't it? I mean, really, it's priceless. It's priceless. Oh, my goodness. All right, well, we're going to receive an offering. I want to do this before we do that. Um, really, this weekend was just a huge, for me, um, the, just the Lord speaking about getting into alignment in the body of Christ. I mean, it is so overdue. You guys, life is meant to be supernatural, 
And I'll tell you what, if it's not flowing in a supernatural way and not in, in, like there's not momentum behind you that's carrying you, then you're out of alignment. Can I just say it that, can I say it that bluntly? It doesn't mean that you don't have trials, that you don't have storms crossing the other side. It doesn't mean that you don't have to, you know, speak to mountains and use your faith and, and trust God. I mean, yeah, you got to do that. But let me say this. It, you should be going from supernatural breakthrough to supernatural breakthrough to supernatural breakthrough. And lives should be being impacted by your life. There is something that everyone in this room is called to do, anointed to do, appointed to do, and probably behind schedule to do right? But God is a redeemer of time and he has a way to even make up anything that the enemy has stolen. And so this weekend, I encourage you guys, if you weren't here to get the CDs, get the, get the MP3s, you can order those at the bookstore. I mean, there was some amazing, I mean, I mean, it's Holy Spirit. So I'm not bragging on me because I mean, half the time, I don't even know what I'm going to say when I stand up here and take the mic. So I, I, it's not like, oh, Shalisa's amazing. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I mean, pff, that's really true. I mean, when I plan it, it didn't even work. So I, I, you know, I just, I've, I've been just spending time with God just for my personal good time. (laughs) That's what I've just reduced it to, right? I just have a good time with Jesus. And then, you know, I I just, whatever he does, that's what he does. So, but I encourage you because there was really some, some powerful wisdom that was coming out of this weekend about, about freedom, about intimacy with God, about how to pursue your destiny and fulfill your call. And basically I boiled it down. I mean, you know, to one thing and it's, it's totally intimacy with God. It's totally staying connected to the Father. It's totally being one with Him, enjoying Him, hearing Him, seeing what He's doing, and then just going along with it. It's not hard. It is not hard to fulfill your destiny. That is a lie. It is as easy as looking at Him. You know, I think the hard part is that we, 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 get, our, we get separated. You know, that's the accuser of the brethren's job, just to separate us. And so this weekend, it was just a breakdown on how do you hear, how do you converse, how do you, when you're stuck, what do you do, how, what are the right questions to ask? You know, I mean, I just taught on the thing that I love the most, which is intimacy, and how Jesus, because of intimacy, was able to, to fulfill his mission to go to the cross, you know? And if Jesus had to do that to, to fulfill his you know, will, then we do too. And I'll tell you, he's the coolest person you've ever met. He's the funniest person. He's the funnest person. He's the kindest person. I mean, I get the revelation of, of, uh, that he gives is so amazing. It's transforming. You know, this morning I just get, I mean, he's just revealing himself. He's revealing the way he feels about me, about you. He's revealing his heart um, for the world, for the broken. He's the coolest person, the most brilliant mind a genius at everything, you know? It's just, he's just, I never, there's not a dull moment in in, in interacting with God, you know? And the way he says it, he knows your sense of humor perfectly, so he's just so hilarious. But anyway, I brought a couple books up because the one that I wanted to highlight today was this book by um, Graham Cook called Coming Into Alignment. Um, Matter of fact, I'm just, everywhere I see, I mean, every prophet that I run across right now is talking about this stuff. Every, I mean, I got this Facebook post from this guy. I don't even know this guy. Um, And this is what he said. This morning in prayer, I saw chairs on the deck of a large ocean ship. Suddenly they were all moved around, not in a violent way, but in a peaceful way. And I heard the Lord say to me, this is a time of divine rearrange. 
I am positioning people where I need them for this hour. There are many changes at hand. Those who do not spend time with me will be led by their emotions, but those who fellowship with me will have abiding peace in the midst of major changes. I am positioning people in my grace for the assignment upon their life. I am shifting directions and flows for the call of this hour. Ministries will turn suddenly and move in another direction, but it will be all for my glory. Trust me, stay tuned and follow my voice. All right, I mean, I couldn't get, be getting any more confirmation. And I'll tell you, these angels, I mean, it's, it's not a joke. It's been going on ever since Doug Addison was here. And those angels were coming from all over the globe. And the reason they were coming to Prayer Mountain, well, number one, I felt like we were like the unemployment office. They were coming because they had been unemployed. They'd been deployed, but no one was actually using them. No one was activating them. No one was actually cooperating with what they were supposed to be using them for. And there were many people that were not even in their assignment, just dull, asleep. That's what I talked about this weekend, just being asleep, being dull, being hard of heart, just insensitive to the will of God, the heart of God, the face of God. I mean, that is unacceptable. We're, we're, we're believers. We are supposed to have the inside scoop. We're supposed to be the most brilliant people on the planet. We are supposed to have the solution to every problem. We're not supposed to be panicking in, 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 in you know, disasters. We're not supposed to be, you know, just worried. I mean, that is not Christianity. And it, the, the, what it indicates is a lack of intimacy. It, re, it indicates a lack of time spent with Father. It, it indicates a lack of knowing God. Because if you know God, you will not be afraid. If you know God, you will trust him no matter what it looks like, it sounds like. You will not be afraid. You will walk through the fire and not be burned. You will, you will, you will be the one raising the dead in the middle of the catastrophe. You know, one of my favorite, you know, I loved the testimonies that are coming out of this body are so powerful. I'm so honored to be attached to such powerful people who are going for it, who are unashamed at, at their commitment to just take risk and, and do the, you know, impossible thing. I, I, I love the fact that you guys feel like I have permission to do what God's called me to do. I don't need, you know, whatever, some other person I'm, I'm equipped, right? And I mean, just the testimonies of healing, the testimonies of just stepping out with, you know, no money, no direction. And it's just awesome. I'm inspired. I'm encouraged to keep going because I know that we're all doing it together. This is a, an awesome body. This is an awesome family. I'm thinking about the testimony of the, the one girl that came here and there was a car wreck on the side of the road and she pulled over. And the next thing you know, she's like raising you know, raising the dead. Yes, Joan, yes. You know, I mean, just, I, I love that. I love that you're hearing the word and stepping out. You know, I love that. But anyway, it is really a time that these angels are being reassigned. And there are assignments. I'm telling you, it's like who's available and who's intimate. Can anybody do something? I mean, I feel like that's the call of heaven. Who's available, who's intimate, who can hear me, who can, who can, because we got to get this thing done. And, and, People are being reassigned. People are getting more assignments because they've been faithful in little things. Um, things that people have been carrying too much. You know, there's been certain faithful people that have been carrying too much that need to have some things reorganized. And I said the next three months are going to be extremely strategic. There's going to be some, some transitions. There's going to be some big things that are going to be happening in people's lives. And it's not a time to be dull. It's a time to stay connected. This room exists 
It's called the encounter room. It exists because sometimes we need to get away from our daily routine, away from our normal just atmosphere, our normal things that we're doing, and we need to spend some time with God. You know, Jesus had to go up to the mountain. I mean, if Jesus himself, who was, said the Father and I are one, had to leave the multitudes to go get quiet and hear God, then so do we, right? It's not optional. I mean, I know we're busy. I know we have a lot going on, but you will be 50 million times more productive if you will arrange your schedule and arrange your life around time with the Lord. Not religiously, not because you're like checking a checklist that says, oh, I read my Bible today and check, I did my prayers today. It's a relationship. I mean, can you imagine me telling, checking off, hey, well, you know, we spent 15 minutes together today. All right, check, check, got, you know, all done. No, right? No. I mean, but that is just horrible. I mean, that's offensive. Like, if I was God, I'd be like, well, thanks for nothing. Right? You know? No, he, he wants to talk. Matter of fact, I think that he's so mysterious sometimes because it's a ploy to keep you in the secret place longer. Right? He wants to talk. He wants to say, hey, what's up? What's, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What's wrong with you? You know? Why you got that frown on your face? Why are you thinking so bad about yourself? Or whatever, you know? He wants to unpack beauty, unpack amazement, unpack a one, you know, wonder. I mean, he, he is so, um, I mean, really, I cannot describe to you the goodness. I mean, I know you know it because you know him too, but I just like to brag on him. He's just good. He's so good. And, you know, the, the, most, the best compliment, I mean, that, that you can, the presence of God is priceless. The presence of God is priceless. Carrying the presence of God, carrying his heart. And you, it, it's not a formula to get it. It's just that you do get it when you spend time with him. You get his heart. I mean, this weekend was a weekend of encounters. I mean, people were having, you know, conversations with God. They were journaling with, about God. They were getting breakthrough about who they are, about how God sees them, adjectives that God uses to describe them. You know, and they would stand up at this microphone and they would begin to share what they got. And the presence of God was so powerful on their lives because they had been with God. And that revelation that they were sharing was revela it was theirs. It wasn't a book they read. I mean, it's great to read books, but don't read them without Holy Spirit. Like, read it with, read it to him. You know? And ask him what he thinks about it. What do you think about that? He has opinions. He has a lot of opinions. And let me say this, so does everybody else. So you've got to make sure you're listening to the right ones. You know? So anyway, this is just a book I picked up about coming to alignment. This is another book, and I, you know, I, I love this book. It's a controversial book. It's called The Shack. If you haven't read it, whatever you think about it, whatever. I didn't ask, but um, the um, first part of it, I actually kind of had to skip the first time I read the book because it's really about the murder of a child, and, you know, I have little kids, and I'm like, I don't need to fill my mind with all that. So I kind of skipped past that part kind of just figured out what happened a little bit and then kept reading. So it depends. On, I'm very visual, very, like I'm a prophet, very, I have to be careful about what I put in my head sometimes. So, um, but there are, it's, if you haven't read it, it's, an, it's, it's a really um, out-of-the-box book that reveals the Trinity and it, you know, reveals, 
I mean, it's, it's inspired. I don't care what anybody says. There's no way that the wisdom that comes out of these conversations between the Trinity and the main character in this book did not come from Holy Spirit. I mean, there's, you will not convince me of that because there's so much revelation in it. And I just, I, it really shatters the religious spirit. It, it just comes right at it. And, it. and it just, I think, encourages intimacy. I don't know about you, but I could just take some of the, the pages of this book and the conversations between the Trinity and the main character, and man, I can just enter right in. So that's what I wanted to, to recommend. And then the last one I wanted to recommend was my friend Andrew Womack. I love Andrew. His, um, I wanted to recommend one of his books. And if you haven't read, I've read all of Andrew's stuff. I've, listened, I've transcribed Andrew's stuff. I did that long before I moved here. Um, but I love Andrew. He's a, a powerful grace teacher. He has a, a real revelation of the uh, finished work of the cross. He has a, a real revelation that it's finished, that the war is already over, that we've already got it. We're not trying to still get something. We just have to release it. And um, this book is really powerful for folks that maybe don't really understand that. It's called The War is Over. And if you struggle with condemnation or you struggle with guilt, if you struggle with like focusing on what's wrong with you and sin and is God upset with me, then this is a great book. It says, God is not mad, so stop struggling with sin and judgment. You know, if you have a picture of God as an angry God or a judgmental guy or, or hard to please, or, you know, I always say, you know, and you think he's Santa, right? Keeping a, a list, checking it twice, gonna find out who's naughty or nice, you know? That's not God, right? That's Saint Nick. And, um, but this is a great book that goes through the theology behind that. You know, so much of what's prevalent in the body of Christ today is old covenant theology. You know, we approach prayer, we approach so many things with a legalistic mindset rather than a union mindset where we've already arrived, we've already been placed in Christ, all things that he has belong to us. There is never any separation. You can't separate from him because the price for your union was paid on the cross once and for all. His blood is sufficient. It's not that we're like um, excusing sin, we're exalting the cross. It's not that we are, you know, giving people a license to sin. They already had one before the cross. So um, it's about dealing with the problem, about what, how the sin was dealt with on the cross, how the problem of sin was dealt with once and for all, and awakening people to the reality that they have power over sin, that they don't have to live in bondage to anything that Jesus broke the power of bondage. We are not slaves to sin. We're not even slaves to the law. We are under grace. And it's good news, amen? So I just encourage you guys, take, you know, make yourself, uh, just avail yourself to the bookstore. There's great resources out there. You know, I handpick them. Um, if you, you know, anyway, just, just, you know, invest in your mind renewal, amen? All right, we're gonna receive an offering. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on it today. Um, just an update. I'll give you an update. Things have been, um, we've been moving forward. Um, we have, I just am going to give you a few updates today. We have over $3,000 a month now that are coming in from our partnerships with Prayer Mountain. Uh, and I'll tell you, that's a real blessing for those of you that are partnering. So I cannot thank you enough. It's awesome to see. It's awesome to be able to plan. And I'll just say this, our body is very, when it comes to Sunday services, when it comes to us getting together on Sundays, you guys are extremely unreliable. <laughs> I love you, but it's very hard to forecast what's gonna happen on a Sunday, right? Like, are you guys gonna tithe today? Are you gonna give offerings today? Or are you gonna, you know, like, not trust God? You know, depends, I guess. But, um, 
you know, I want to encourage you that are part of the Prayer Mountain family. I want to encourage you to just be partners. I want to encourage you because it really does help us with budgeting. It helps us to make sure that we keep the electricity on and that our uh, operating expenses get covered. I also want to um, just let you know that we are believing God for our executive team to be able to be paid full time uh, as a part of this ministry. I don't know how much you know. I mean, Catherine has been with me for over five years and she's never had a paycheck. Okay, enough is enough, really. You know, um, Galen, I don't know how many of you know Galen. He's the other senior associate leader here who's awesome, right? Galen rocks. Catherine's not here today. Otherwise, I'd tell her she rocks too. But, you know, Galen's driving a bus route. I don't know how many of you know that he gets up at, you know, at what time you get up, Galen? 5 a.m. every morning and goes down to the bus stop here, not bus stop, but the bus station or whatever here in Woodland Park and drives those kids to school and then comes in and works a full day and, Gosh, on Monday nights, we have our leadership team meetings till however long I feel like talking. And, um, you know, he's sleep, falling asleep over his computer. And I'm still talking, you know, but finally I let him go. <laughs> but I'm just saying, there's just been, a, I just want to encourage you guys, your partnership is, I, the vision is to have those partnerships covering our operating expenses. You know, the other person I'm just going to, I'm just going to say, if, if not, if you don't have that, you know, pray. Just pray for the ones that are called to partner. Pray for those that do, because people do, people are called to, this is not, you know, not a, not a hard thing for God. And then I just also want to mention, um, just for Tracy. Tracy has been faithful in you know, watching those kids on Sundays. You know, that, that's a huge blessing. She's, got, she's, a, she's gifted with kids. And, you know, we've made the decision for part of her uh, payroll to come from Prayer Mountain and part of that to come from CSA. And I just want to give you guys some information so you know how, you know, what's going on. And um, so anyway, I just want to thank those of you that are partnering, encourage you if you're not a partner. You can do that by filling out an envelope and just circling you want to be a monthly partner, and um, that's the way that you do that. And so for those of you that are tithing and giving your offerings, thank you for that too. And I just encourage you to give generously. God is the financer of this ministry. And if you are called to be a part of it, then you're a financer of this ministry. And he will finance you to finance this ministry. You know, um, I, that's just the way it works. I mean, he uses people. He says, men will give unto your bosom. So he uses people to bless and build the kingdom. He prospers us to be a blessing, doesn't he? Doesn't he? We are blessed to be a blessing. So we're going to just go ahead and, and make out our checks to Prayer Mountain, Colorado. You gotta, oh, yeah, come on, Chris. We have supernatural increase going on here all the time. So uh, Shalise does her weekends with Shalise, not only here, but she also does them in Chicago. That's where me and Kevin and his wife heard about her, and that's why we moved in May. But... Um, so I was really wanting to go with her, and I talked with her and said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go. And Kevin, I told Kevin, too, he was like, well, I don't have the money yet. It's in two weeks, next two weekends in Chicago. So um, I was praying, and I was like, I saw myself on the plane with her and Kim and the girls and Kevin. And I was like, well, if I see myself there, that means I'm going. So I just knew I was going to go. I didn't know how. I was just knew I was going to be able to go because all my family's there, too, except my immediate family. But um, so I... Uh, was on, on Facebook with a friend of mine, and she was like, well, how much is a plane ticket? So I looked it up, and I found one for 287 and I was like, well, that's how much it is. And she goes, well, I can do half, and you, we'll, we'll just split it. And I was like, okay, well, I'll hopefully get paid Monday. So um, I go on to my Chase account, because she was going to email me the, the, the pay, the, we both have Chase, so she just emailed me like a thing. So I went on Chase, and I had $471 in my bank account. I had no idea where it came from. 
No idea how it got there, but there was $471.23 in my bank account when I opened it up. So if, if, <laughs> if you need something, I'm just going to impart that to you all. Just receive it because if, once you have faith for it and once you already acknowledge that it's there, it's there. No matter what anyone says, no matter what your bank account, it was negative $2 earlier before that day, but <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. That's no joke, brother. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, we're, we're going to make out checks to Prayer Mountain, Colorado. If you want to give by debit or credit card, you can get an envelope from Jay or from Jeffrey. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. Yay! So, all right. Does anyone need an envelope? Did you already do that? Already passed that out? Okay. Well, Father, we thank you that you are a supernatural provider. We thank you that as we listen and obey and do what you ask us to do, Father, I thank you that lack is not even a possibility, Father. I thank you that it's illegal in the kingdom, and we are seeking first your kingdom and your righteousness, and everything we need is being added to us. I thank you, Lord, that we have an, an image of abundance. I thank you that we see abundance everywhere we look. I just come against every vain and wicked imagination right now, Father, that may be trying to exalt itself against you and, and teach us or show us any image that is not abundance, that is not blessing, that is not increase, that is not our needs met and we have more than enough to give. I thank you, Lord, that we are walking into promotions. We are walking into unexpected blessings. We're walking in just like Chris, Father. I just release the power of that testimony. We're walking into unexpected increase in our balance. And in our balances in our bank accounts, God, I thank you that we have favor, that we have new opportunities that are being presented to us, Father, that we have new clients, we have contracts. I thank you that we are blessed, coming, blessed, going, and everything we touch prospers. I thank you that the word of God is what we speak, it's what we see, it's how we think, and it's what we experience. I declare this, this, this body is blessed. It is increasing more and more and more. Them and our children, God. We are all increasing. We are a testimony of your faithfulness, of what it means to abide and produce fruit, God. And I thank you that supernatural provision is a normal occurrence for us on a daily basis. In Jesus' name, I declare it and we agree. Amen. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Good. Well, we're going to open up the, our, our, uh, our Bibles here. And um, I just want to kick off, uh, just talk a little bit about, um, I, I feel like it's a piggyback off of what I talked about this weekend, um, about alignment and assignment. Um, I don't know about you, but I made a decision, a quality decision, back in 2001, so I don't know how many years that is now, but to totally surrender my agenda. I mean, totally surrender my agenda. Like, my life is no longer my own, right? Got on the floor, told the Lord I didn't really, you know, have anything to give him. He's God, except myself. And I just said, you do with me and my life. If you can use it, have it, right? And, you know, sometimes, and I used to think this way before that day too, sometimes we have this lie that, that the enemy tries to plant in our mind that if somehow we surrender our lives to God and release our agenda, that we're not going to like the life that we actually are living, 
You know, the word of God says when you lose your life, you find it. And that when you try to save your life, you don't have it, right? But for whatever reason, you know, the spirit of independence and the, 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 the spirit of just pride, honestly, makes us believe that we know what's best for us. And we don't even have a clue who we are. Apart from the one that created us, there is no real understanding of our purpose, what we're created to do, what we're created to be, right? And so, you know, but I am amazed at how many people that I meet that are still running the show, right? They're still running the show. I mean, they, they, they love Jesus. They, they know that he died for a sins. They know the gospel. They've, you know, received the gospel, but they have never really surrendered their agenda. They've got God on their agenda or trying to get God on their agenda, you know? And what the issue is, it's just a struggle. It's a struggle because you've got kind of one foot, you know, in here in the kingdom, and then you've got the other foot in fear. You've got the other foot over here in this, this self-originated um, plan. And it doesn't work, right? Because the provision comes for, with your yes. Okay? What you're called to do and what, who you are in him is, is, is provided for. It is, it is everything that you need to be who he's created you to be is available for you, you know? And I always say this, you know, I woke up on a therapist's couch back in the early, you know, back in the late 90s. I literally did. I was on a therapist's couch and I woke up and realized I was living somebody else's life. I was the star in a movie that wasn't even my story. And I was playing a role that wasn't me. And let me tell you, when I woke up to that, I was freaked out because first of all, I didn't know what I know now. So I didn't know the first thing about how to even figure out how to even get out of that movie. I didn't know how to get out of that movie. I didn't know what movie I was supposed to be in. I didn't know what role I was supposed to be playing. I, I had concocted this identity of who I thought I was based upon the opinions of people and myself and my friends and a culture and a world that was pro programmed me into this image of a person that wasn't even me. And I, I literally, it was an awakening. I literally woke up and I remember sitting on this couch, like it, was like it was like a matrix moment, you know? Like I took a little red pill and I was sitting here and I was in this like altered state of consciousness and the reality that as I thought of reality was no longer reality, right? And then, huh, the other thing that was crazy is that I, I realized everybody else was just like me. I didn't know a single person that wasn't exactly like that. I thought these people, oh my God, like we are really in trouble. Like I don't even have anyone that can help me. These people are as messed up as I am. They're as confused and lost as I am. And I mean, it took, if that was like in the night, it, 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 then it was a process, you know, several, several years. So I got to the place and honestly, I tell people, it was at a Joyce Meyer conference. I went to a Joyce Meyer conference at UIC in Chicago. And she was the first person that talked to me about I mean, just blatantly talked to me about this idea that there was, there was a, <laughs> that I had to surrender, that I had to surrender my life and that my life was not going to, I mean, you know, it's a deception to think your life will work. And the enemy has a lot of deceptions to keep you busy, making you think it is working, making you think that it will work. I'm telling you, and I'll, you don't want to get to the end of your life and wake up on that couch like I did. You don't want to get when you're 85 or 90 or even after you're dead. 
You don't want to get there and realize, oh my God, I lived somebody else's life. I was in a movie that wasn't my movie script, and I was playing somebody that wasn't even me. You do, that, I can't even imagine. I, to me, that would be hell. That would be hell to realize that you lived some, a life that wasn't yours to live. And, you know, I remember sitting in that meeting, and I know this is true. I said this over the weekend, but I felt like I'm supposed to see it this morning. I, I, you know, this... <laughs> You know, I had already, I mean, I was making lots of money. I mean, I had position. I was a vice president of sales at PeopleSoft. It was, you know, a, a well-known company. I mean, I was, I was doing what the world would consider extremely successful, extremely enviable things, right? I, I lived in the Gold Coast in Chicago. I lived on the 30th floor in a high-rise condo. I had the nicest, I sold my parking space for $45,000, my parking space was $45,000, okay? My, my dues, it, what they call the Homeowners Association dues, just to, just to be in the building, this wasn't my mortgage, this wasn't interest, this wasn't anything else, was $1,200 a month, just the, just, the, just the dues, right? I'm talking just the a condo itself was eight grand. I, my, 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 what they say, to cover your nut, my great, my, just, my, just my mortgage interest, eight grand a month. Now, I'm sharing that not because I'm like whatever. I'm just saying that there was a, the life that I had built was not just whatever, right? I mean, in the world's perspective, you would have said, hey, she's doing great. I mean, how, well, be, matter of fact, the friends that I had at that time thought I was nuts. And I was like, I am nuts, but not for the reason you think I'm nuts, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, really, and I, and I really was. I, I say, my friends, I said, they would say this, you're the craziest person we've ever met. My coworkers, you're the craziest person I've ever met. They would say that, and like, you know, like it was a compliment or something, you know, and I would say this, you know, we'd go to the, we'd go to like the Waffle Houses after going out at night, you know, in, in Chicago and stuff, and let me tell you, you know, Waffle Houses late at night, those are crazy people in Waffle Houses. I mean, the waitresses are crazy, everybody's crazy, right? And I was like the queen of crazy, you know? Like I was the queen of dysfunction, right? All of the people around me, they were nuts. They're funny, but nuts. I mean, they remind me of like the people that would be on, like coming through Second City, which Second City's in Chicago. And it's the, the comedy club where a lot of the folks go to SNL. And it was right down, not too far from where I lived. And I mean, when I say I had crazy friends and fun, I mean, they were crazy. I mean, ridiculous crazy. Like these people literally could have been on SNL. Like they, they were nuts, they are nuts. I mean, they're still on my Facebook. They're still nuts. Um, but anyway, um, you know, I, at the time, I had so much pressure because I had, I had sold some stock options. I owed the IRS $50,000. I mean, I just had big pressure. I mean, my, my quotas at work were millions of dollars, and it was pressure to even maintain that lifestyle, you know, and I was drinking like crazy. I, you know, was an, I, 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 just smoking. I was addicted to people. I mean, just relationship, just all kinds of mess. Right, I used to tell people, I really was so crazy. I would go home from the bars late at night and, I mean, homeless people, I would scare them. Like they would, you know, because you'd, you'd think, oh, you, you know, my mother, bless her heart, talk about prayer, talk about someone that kept me alive. You know, she'd be like, you should not be out that late at night, you know, and I'd be like, oh, mom, I'm fine, you know, and she didn't know, literally, I mean, I'd scare the homeless people. They'd be like, and I'd be like, ah, you know, just scare them. I mean, I was totally fearless. I would, I, fearless totally fearless, crazy, out of my mind, fearless. And I had, but I had begun to think in my mind that maybe just going for a little rest at a mental institution, it, no, it actually made sense in my mind. I thought, you know what? They'll feed you. They're nice. I mean, you can go to some really nice ones, 
You know, it's, it's a vacation, you no know, pressure. I mean, I literally, this, I had been formulating a plan of how to get out of some of this pressure and take a break. And right, and so I go to this, I had this friend that invited me to this Joyce Meyer conference. I mean, you know, and I was one of the people that's smoking on the break, right, you know. And I was freaked out because every time I would come into the auditorium and sort of Joyce's face up on the big screens, it was my face. And I mean, I couldn't hardly stay in there. I would leave, I'd be like, what in the, like, I, I, I'm nuts. No, really, you guys don't understand how crazy I was. Like, I would go to the grocery store and I mean, I could see demons. I, I mean, I would stand on my balcony and a voices would tell me, just jump. I mean, no, I had, I had demons. Like, I really had demons. Like, I got delivered. I, now, let's say this. I had demons. Okay, make sure y'all know. Had, keyword, had. All right? I've been delivered. Contrary to popular belief in some circles. <laughs> I really have been delivered. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole other sermon. Um, but... You know, I remember, finally, I get in there, and so I hear, this is the first time I ever heard, right, this woman say, look, it isn't going to work till you just give it up. And, you know, I wrestled. Oh, man, I was wrestling. I was wrestling because I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what it looked like to give it up. And I knew that really life wasn't working. I mean, I tried to mask it with everything you could try to mask it with, but I knew, Right. Well, all of a sudden, you know, she's making the call, you know, she's explaining. It's like giving God a blank piece of paper, signing the bottom of it with your name, and then handing it back to him and saying, um, you know, fill in the blanks. Well, you know, I'm there, and I'm just convicted. I know I need to do it. I'm scared to do it. And then I go into this vision. I don't even know what visions are. But, you know, I hear the scripture. I don't even really know scripture. I mean, I grew up in church, but, you know, I didn't really know the Bible. And it said... The scripture was, today I set before you life and death. Choose life that you and your descendants may live. And I literally saw like a fork in the road. I was standing at this fork in the road, and on the left side of the road, it was <laughs> a life in menstrual institutions. I was literally crazy. And I knew that it was the plan of the enemy, and I knew that it was viable because I'd already started thinking about it and it seemed reasonable. And then there was the right-hand side of the road, the other fork, and I could see nothing. There was nothing. And I remember thinking, hmm, so you're asking me to choose. I'm like, it's not much of a choice, really. And it doesn't really seem fair that you're not showing me anything over here, but I didn't even really know God at all that time, so I didn't even really know how to talk with him because I was still kind of afraid afraid of him, you know, like he was going to hurt me or punish me or, or make me do something that I didn't want to do, you know, which he did, but he knows what's better for me. He didn't hurt me and punish me, but there were things I didn't want to do, but I didn't know what I was doing. So the fact that I didn't want to do them was ignorant, but you know, anyway, anyway, I decided, you know, okay, well, this is it. This is obviously an ultimatum. I'm, I'll give it up. And, you know, I, I went home that night, and I, when I did that, when I, when I surrendered my agenda and I surrendered my life, that's when the supernatural power of God began to work in my life. Ever since that day, I can honestly tell you I've had a supernatural life. And, you know, it's looked different in different seasons. 
but it's always been supernatural. It's always been a testimony of God's intervention in my circumstances, my relationships, my situations. And I mean, he has fought for me. He has been for me. He has defended me. I mean, I have test, I mean, more testimonies than we have time in a year probably to share. And I know most of you have journeys like that too, if you've really surrendered your life like that. But sometimes I think we forget that life is meant to be supernatural. And, you know, when, it's, when it ceases to be central, supernatural, something is wrong. Um, and alignment and assignment are so important. You know, surrender is the first alignment, right? It's the first positioning that you get into where you are now positioned for supernatural just provision. But, but here's the thing. God has a dream over your life. He has a dream over my life. And let me say this. He didn't dream this dream without you in mind or me in mind. So it's not like it's his dream and you don't want to be a part of it. Like his movie for us, his dream for us fits us to a T. We were engineered for it. We were perfectly fashioned and shaped for it. So it's the only thing, honestly, that fits. It's the thing that you're so anointed and graced and gifted to do that it's like breathing. Like it just comes out of you. It's, there's, it's effortless. It's a grace. It's an anointing. It's, the, it's, 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 you were, it's Jesus in a chalice suit, right? It's literally an expression of who Christ is through you in a way that is beyond your wildest imagination. It is the place, the only place of real fulfillment, the only place of real satisfaction. It's the place where you, what you do every single day, you are, you're, you're, you're pinching yourself because it's like a dream. Now it will, and I mean, you know, it's not, again, it's not that you have a trouble-free life, that you don't have challenges, that manifesting the will of God and your destiny is automatic. But because it fits you so perfectly and it's so joyful to be in your own skin, you'll pay any price. You'll over, the, 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 I mean, he's the master motivator. He's, a, he's the best leader that ever lived. He knows how to motivate teams. He knows how to build organizations. He knows how to build the kingdom. He knows how to, to build his church. He knows how to position people and release people in their callings and their gifts and the, their passions and the things that light them up. And, 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 and he knows how to motivate us. And he does that by putting us in the very place that we were, ah, like, you're like, finally. Like, you know, you know there's no better gift than being comfortable in your own dang skin like just saying dude I'm 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 I like me I like me I don't I mean I mean there were years I was running from me mad at me blaming me upset with me disgusted with me you know no wonder I was depressed no wonder you know I mean those are the that's what leads to it it's it's it, you, you have there's self-hate there's self-rejection you just reject, you're just so tired of, I mean, I was so frustrated with myself, you know, why, why I couldn't be better, do better, you know, just so tough, so hard on myself. And part of it is because, you know what, you're not yourself. And you don't even know who you are. I mean, it, it, you know, Jesus said this, 
And I, I taught on this this weekend, and I, I, you know, I put this in every single one of my journals, so you're just, I don't ever get tired of this particular scripture, nor will I ever. I feel like it's foundational for success in life. And if Jesus, you know, was the most successful person that ever lived, which I believe that he is, um, then I, th- I think that he probably has a thing or two that he can tell us about how to conform to his image. Uh, Matthew 11 and verse 27 through 30, it's in the Message Bible, which I love the Message Bible. It says, the Father has given me all these things to do and say. So I'm going to stop there. The Father has given me all these things to do and say. So do you know that the Father has things for you to do and things for you to say? And let me say this, the things that he has for you to do, they fit you like such a glove. It's like if you're a surfer, it's, the, it's like the giant wave of a lifetime, right? Like you're like, let me in coach, let me in coach. I mean, you know, some of the things that God is get, letting me do and getting me the opportunity, I am so excited. It's just like, and, and you know, when you're one with Christ and you get to the place where you are intimate with him, you, 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 the lines between what he's dreaming and what you're dreaming and what he's thinking and what you're thinking, they become all blurred. And, and you know, like, I don't ask, and this, it may seem irresponsible, but I don't ask, is this you? Like, when you get into your own skin and you get into the place of just resting in that, you know. You know not only who you are, but you know why you're here and you know that anything that you can dream that's in alignment with that is God. Um, I'm going to keep reading this in a second, but I want to go one other place. And I I wrote this in, this is another um, scripture. I have it in my journal and I've been really, really meditating on it because it's, um, first of all, I'd never read it in this version before. Um, And it's really been speaking to me. Um, it's in John 16, 23 through 24, and this is what it says. This is what I want you to do. This is Jesus talking. Ask the Father for whatever is in line with whatever is in keeping. Let me, re- let me say it again. This is what I want you to do. Ask the Father for whatever is in keeping with the things I've revealed to you. Ask the Father for whatever is in keeping with the things I've revealed to you. Ask in my name according to my will and he'll most certainly give it to you. Your joy will be a river overflowing its banks. Okay, that's what a life lived like on purpose feels like. That's what you being in your own skin, in alignment with the Father, finally discovering who you are and why you're on the planet feels like. It feels like joy as a river overflowing its banks. It means it feels like overflowing joy. But I love this. It says, this is what I want you to do. Ask the Father for whatever is in keeping with the things I've revealed to you. Now, it doesn't say ask the Father for whatever. You know, I come out of word of faith. I come out of straight up word of faith. I mean, I am Dr. Bill Winston's spiritual daughter. Offspring, he'll tell you, DNA, that's who I, I mean, 
You know, some people came in and got influenced by him. No, no, I was a mess when I came in. I mean, I didn't have any, I mean, he raised me, he taught me. I mean, I got it straight from one of the fathers in Word of Faith. And you know, there's a lot of criticism in that, in that stream because it's name it and claim it, right? Blab it and grab it. I mean, you know, I've heard all the criticisms, you know, it's just you take a principle out of the Bible and you work it. You work the word, you work the word. I mean, trust me, I, 10 years, spoon-fed, right? And I saw a lot of people get shipwrecked because they lacked the primary thing that frankly all Christianity is about anyway, which is about intimacy with God. Because the key is you get what's revealed. And I go back to what Jesus said in Matthew 11. He said this, the Father has given me all these things to do and say. So guess what? The Father knows what you're to do, what you're to say. Here's what the next part of it. It says, this is a unique, say unique. So here, let me finish it. This is a unique father and son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. So let me say this again. This is a unique father and son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. So first of all, let me say this, it's unique. Are you unique? You're unique. So the worst thing you can do, and this is what I was teaching on this weekend, is because sometimes we get a word from God, we get like, you know, like, you know, whatever, you're, I'm just going to say this, you're a pastor. And oh my God, we want to throw up. Not everybody. Some people are like, oh, I've always wanted to be a pastor. Because why? They have a good image of what a pastor is. They have good opinions about pastoring. They can see, they can see themselves as a pastor. They can, their imagination can take them there. And they can, they can view their life as a pastor as fulfilled and, and exciting and helping people. Like they have a really, they're like excited, right? But then there's others of us, including myself, right, that when God started to say, you're these certain things, dude, you like wanted to go and vomit. Like, can I be that transparent? I mean, you literally, I wanted, you know, like seriously, run as fast as you can away from God because that is gross. And number one, I have no grid for me doing that. And I have no idea, nor do I have any desire to be that. But the problem is God isn't asking you to be that. You know, I remember when I moved here, I tell people for the five, first five years I was here, I went through the 31 flavors of apostolic. It was like the Brahms go in. And let me tell you, this is what apostolic is. And everybody would tell you this is what apostolic is. They were convinced this is what apostolic is. And oh, they would tell you it. And matter of fact, they needed me to conform to that. Because some of them, I couldn't even be in it because I was a woman. So some of it, their flavor of apostolic was only for guys. Um, some of them, I mean, I, they wanted to ordain me. They, I mean, just, I mean, literally, I was like in this massive training period of, of what does apostolic look like. And the truth is, all of them just didn't feel right. Everyone that I went to, I mean, I, I mean I, not that I couldn't glean from it, not that I couldn't, you know, and not, I mean, they had scripture to talk about it with. I mean, and they really, yeah, that's what it is. That was the, yeah, you know, and it looks like this, and it looks like this, and it looks like this. 
And, you know, I learned a ton. I mean, I, it was a really good experience. It was extremely confusing. I remember when I, in one week, I had one group that wanted to ordain me. I had another group that I went over to their house. They're drinking wine. Well, I came back, you know, I mean, I wasn't even my background. I'm like, oh, God, you know, they're apostolic. And it just, it was so confusing. And I remember driving home and literally just making the decision, hey, I... I'm not comfortable with this. I don't even know what I think. So I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to conform. I'm not going to agree. I'm not going to disagree. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to think. And I gave myself just permission just to think and go to the Lord and be like, I don't know what any of this. I mean, these are people of influence. These are people of of means in some cases. These are people with success and ministry, with fruit, with things that, you know, are successful. But Jesus, I don't know. And he just very clearly said to me, Shalise, I'm not asking you to be anybody but you. And he told me years ago, I will pay you to be you. And that's not a word just for me. He says, this is a unique father and son operation. So it's unique. It's as unique as you. It's as unique as Jesus, right? Jesus, there's only one Jesus. Well, there's only one you. It says coming out, though listen to this, it's coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. Here's what what he says. No one knows the son the way the father does. Guess what? No one knows you. No one knows me. No one knows my kids the way that the Father knows us. And I tell you, we gotta get it straight from, sorry, Papa, the the horse's mouth, right? You gotta get it straight, straight from the Father's mouth. You have to, you have to take what he says and and then, like what you're doing this weekend, you can't just take what he says and then assume you know what it means. See, that's where we get ourselves into trouble. He'll say something and then We'll get one little sentence and then we'll take, we'll run it off and create a paragraph out of it based upon our preconceived notions of what that means. I mean, we'll, we'll take, you know, and I can't tell you how, I mean, I've personally done this. I've taken words from God or sentences from God and I've made it mean something that he never made it mean. You know? And we do that and so we end up either, you know, in the wrong place again or we just reject it altogether rather than staying in his face long enough to really get what are you actually saying. I'm telling you, your conversations with God, your experiences, your encounters, you, what, the visions that God gives you, they are the most valuable commodity, the most valuable thing in your life. They are the compass in your life. They are what will get you into your destiny. They are the way you go to the promised land. He is the guide. He's the only guide. And it says those that are mature sons, those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So to do life any other way is immature. It's totally immature. And let me say this, people are going to sometimes agree and they're going to sometimes disagree because we're people. And we're all growing in the knowledge of Christ. We're all growing in a mind renewal. We're growing in our understanding of our, even ourselves, in our experiences. And, you know, so 
you have to hear and you have to see and you've got to make it a priority. You have to steward that relationship. You have to steward what he's saying. You know, when for us to go out and try to do our assignments without that is also complete ignorance. It's not like he gives you an instruction and it's like, go do it. You know, we're, we're, we're dependent. We have to be dependent. And, you know, there's a great scripture in Psalm 75, and let's just go there really quick. Um, how am I doing on time? Man, it goes by fast. Um, especially when I've had a whole weekend of long teaching sessions. Uh, let's go to Psalm 75. And let me read this while we're getting there. I think my Bible will come up. It says, no one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does. So Jesus is here boasting on his intimate knowledge of the father. You know, there's a scripture in Jeremiah that says, some boast in chariots, some boast in horses, some boast in the strength of men. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that they know the Lord. So there is a reason for boasting. And that boasting is in your intimate knowledge of the Father. So Jesus is boasting. He says, no one knows the Son the way the Father does, and no one knows the Father the way the Son does. But here's the beauty of the scripture. It says, but I'm not keeping it to myself. Jesus says, I'm not keeping my knowledge to the, of the Father to myself. He says, I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. Say anyone. With anyone willing to listen. And then there's what he says. Are you tired? Now be honest. Be honest. Are you tired? Now listen, the kind of tired that comes from a, an honest exertion and a day's work is godly. You know, it's godly to work with our hands and, and use our minds and, and, and cooperate with God. I mean, Jesus got tired. How many of you know he had to sleep, right? How many of you know he had to rest? He had limitations. He had, and he took care of himself. He got away with the Father. He had boundaries. He wasn't moved by people's needs, right? He was moved by the Father. I mean, people come to me all the time and try to put stuff on me, and I'll tell you, I want, you will not put it on me. I love you, but I am led by my Father, I am led by my father. It doesn't mean I don't love you. It means that you, I'm not your answer. Right? I mean, and that doesn't mean that I don't need to love you and, 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 and honor you and bless you and spend time with you. Absolutely, I will. But when you have expectations that are, that, that number one, you haven't even communicated to me. Right? I don't even know your expectations. And now you're offended with me because I'm not meeting them. Okay, that's a problem. Unless you've communicated to me, this is what I need from you. And given me the opportunity to say, yes, I can do that, or no, I cannot do that, and give you the reason why I cannot do that, then, you know, you don't have grounds to get offended with me because you haven't communicated with me. I can't read your mind. You can't read my mind. You can't read your spouse's mind. Your spouse can't read your mind. You can't read your friend's mind. Your friends can't read your minds. You have to communicate. This is what I need from you. You know, one of the best things Brian and I ever did is we started to learn how, what our love languages are. My husband is a quality time guy. He's a words of affirmation guy. I'm an acts of service person. I'm a, I'm a touch person. We are opposite. We are, we are opposite in a lot of ways. Really, we are. But you know what? We, we com he's co we've communicated, you know? We, we have date nights on Thursday night because, you know, Brian, that's a need that Brian has, but it's communicated to me. And so, therefore, I can make it a priority to meet that need, right? That's a side note, but I just, you know, let me say this. Offense will disconnect you from 
the promotion. It will disconnect you from the path that God is leading you down to fulfill the fullness of who you are in him. And we just have to guard our hearts. I mean, when, don't get offended with me. I'm telling you, it happens. I mean, don't think that I didn't have to go through this process. Don't think that I wasn't at the same position for 10 years. I had to humble myself. I, had to, I was an administrator in the ministry. I worked for, I was tempted. I was tempted. I was tempted. I was tempted. I was tempted to get offended. I was tempted to judge. I was tempted to think I could do the job better than the people that were, God had put in the position to do the job. You know, I remember getting tempted to just think Pastor Barlow was an idiot. Nancy will be here on Wednesday, so maybe I'll talk about this next week. She can laugh at me. But I mean, I worked for the guy. I thought, this guy's an idiot. I mean, these were not my thoughts, but I thought they were. You know, I thought, well, I could do this job. These people don't know what they're doing. They're unqualified. I mean, who even put them in these positions? I mean, these were the thoughts that would go through my head. But thankfully, I was mature enough that I'd be like, nah, it's probably not a good idea to go down that line of thinking. That's probably the enemy. So I would say, in the name of Jesus... I bind that up in Jesus' name. And I bless, I bless Joe Barlow. I bless him. I, God, you set him in that position, and you are anointing him. He's anointed by you for that. And I, if I see something that needs to change, I will pray for him. You know, and I'll tell you, but that's a test. That's a test. Because I'll tell you this, you're going to be a leader someday. And that same thing that you were thinking about the person you were leading is going to come on the people you're leading now. I tell you, what comes around goes around, my friends. It's called sowing and reaping. And so the same way that you serve, you'll be served. I, I'm not saying that we're here to be served, but I'm just saying. I mean, I've had spiritual sons come back to me and say, man, you know, I mean, leave. Not, you know, just, I mean, some of them are still prodigal, you know. They just leave and, they, you know, they think they got it all figured out. And, you know, they'll go and, you know, I'll ask the Lord. And he's just like, let them go, let them go. You know, they got their own journey, just like you had your own journey. And I'm not angry with them, you know. I just, my heart bleeds because I just want to help them, you know. And I have this one, you know, that's still prodigal. And, and you know, last time I saw him, he'd come to me and he repents every time he comes, you know. He repents and he, he says, you know, I, th I judged you. I thought this, I thought that. And, you know, then here I was, I was starting my own thing over here. And, man. That's the same thing I was doing to you. They were doing to me. I'd be like, yeah, well, that's the way it works. You know, I, you know, I don't know how many times you're going to have to do that, actually, till you stop doing that. And they'll, we'll talk about it and then go, okay, they're off again, you know. But um, I'm gonna, I am going to stop here soon. I just want to go to this one scripture. It's Psalm 75. I can't scroll fast enough on this thing. Psalm 75. Um, um, verse 4 it said I said to the fools deal not foolishly and to the wicked lift up not the horn lift not up your horn on high and speak not with a stiff neck and this is what I wanted to read verse 6 for promotion comes neither from the east or from the west nor from the south but God is the judge he puts down one and sets up another now, what, I'm, what I want to say, this is, that's a powerful lesson to realize that no one can stop you. Absolutely no one on the earth is responsible or in charge of you coming into the fullness of who you've been called to be. No one can stop you. You are the only one that can stop you. Through unbelief. Uh, I, I tell you, it's a powerful lesson. 
I mean, because I'll say this, if you're, because you guys are called to take cities, you're called to take nations, you're called to go into dark places and minister to people. There are, there are giants in the land. There are um, demonic entities and strongholds and mindsets and cultural issues that are all over that. They're all over that. And so when you get in there, it's going to be a ripple effect. It's going to stir it up, and the devil's going to do everything he can to make you stop. He's going to put everything he can across your path to make you give up. I mean, I, that is really my, my primary call is to, to provide a momentum behind the body of Christ for them to discover who they are and to fulfill their mission. For to, that's primarily my job. I'm, 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 my mission is to equip and go, just go. You do it and re, just be there behind you and beside, go, you know. And, you know, so I talk to people all the time. I mean, my, my life consists of all the time meeting and talking and ministering with people that are having obstacles along the path. Either their own, either their own emotional maturity is not there. That's a huge issue where I just don't have the emotional maturity to carry my call yet. Now, because emotional maturity is huge. Emotional maturity has to do how stable am I in the face of dysfunction? How do I respond in the, in the, in, in, in when everybody else is going nuts, right? How do I respond to persecution? How do I respond to criticism? How do I respond when I'm being overlooked in my, my mind? How do I respond when, when um, somebody does something and it's offensive? It's straight up sin. They sinned against me. They straight up, how do I respond? Do I go to my brother? Do I talk behind their back? What do I, how, do I, how mature am I in the character of Christ? Right? So a lot of what I'm doing is coaching people in that development process. I mean, and of course, I'm growing in this too. Um, you know, and then there's, there's other parts that I'm, you know, coaching people in that is, you know, they're just straight up in a storm. They're in a tribulation. I mean, I've run out of money. I've run out of this. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, whatever, tons of pressure, all kinds of pressure that comes against different people as they're pursuing their call. Temptation, all kinds of temptation to quit, to get disconnected, to get out of position, to criticize. I mean, just a million temptations to think the wrong thoughts about the people that, I, that God's put me in relationship with. I mean, I can't even go into all of the millions of ways that the enemy comes to try to abort the mission, right? And, um, but here's the thing I'm, I'm saying, and the scripture is saying, no one, nothing can stop it except for you. The prophetic declarations, the identity that, that God has spoken over you, the things that he shared with you in secret, the things that nobody else really sees, or sometimes there's seasons where nobody else even agrees with it. When you're the only one that, that you've got to stand, just like Jesus, those 40 days and 40 nights. Think about the, 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 the attack on his identity, how people didn't see who he was. Oh, his, own, his own disciples didn't get it. I mean, he finally, in Matthew 16, is like, who do men say that I am? I mean, people were confused. They did not understand that Jesus was the Son of God, that Jesus was the Messiah, that Jesus was going to be the Redeemer. They did not get Jesus' assignment. They did not get who he was most of the time. Peter, all right, had an aha moment. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God, right? And he said this, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, so Peter didn't even really get it. The Holy Spirit told him. You know, so even for people to get it has to be a revelation. For people to see you has to be a revelation. And I think sometimes there is a major blinding season that goes on in your life. And in my life, I've been through it. Sometimes I'm still in it. You know, where you're the only one that can have faith in what God has spoken to you. 
And then don't even get me started on the times when you aren't manifesting who that is. Because, you know, you're in your Peter season where you're denying him three times and the stuff that's in your heart is getting revealed and so you're vomiting up and you're acting like an idiot because you're trying to get in agreement with who you are and you're not acting like who you are yet, right? And so then you're tempted to give up, tempted to think I'm not who God says I am because I can see who I really am and I'm ugly. And then you have to say, well, wait, no, I'm not really ugly. I'm really who God says I am and he's probably just showing me this so I can change that. You know, I mean, gosh, it's like, well, if not for Holy Spirit, how do we any, any of us get there? You know, but the point is nothing can stop it unless we allow it to stop it, okay? You know, there's been times, you know, when I've stood in this room and there's been all kinds of circumstances going on, I mean, all kinds. And I mean, I'm not doing this because I'm so whatever. I'm doing this because this is your life. My life is your life. Your life is my life. You're on your journey going to do everything God's called you to do. I'm on my journey and my journey is to empower you to be there, you know? But I mean, I've sat in this room you know, alone by myself said, look, if I'm the only one in this room, I'm in this room. I stand if I'm the only one here. If everybody leaves me, I don't care if everybody leaves. And I mean, it doesn't mean I don't care. It just means I'm not giving up. I know what I heard. I know what I saw. I know what you said. And I'm going to exalt it more than anything or any person, anyone's opinion. I know I'm, a, I'm still a mess. I mean, you know how many times I've had to go back to the Lord and be like, are you sure you picked the right person? I'm not an idiot. I see it, you know, but then he reminds me, he's like, well, you know, you're not nearly as bad as you used to be, you know? Now let's be honest. That's the same for all of us, isn't it? Right? And he's like, remember, I, I thought pretty highly of you then, back then. So you don't need to worry about how I feel about you now. You're doing good. Keep it up. Keep it up, you know? The master encourager, you know? So, but I want to encourage you guys, you know, today, first of all, if you haven't surrendered, I mean, give it up. I mean, save yourself 15 years. I mean, you know, don't, don't waste your life just building something that you get to the top of and go, this doesn't really feel that great, you know? Take it from, I mean, you know, it says a, a foolish guy, a foolish girl does not listen to counsel doesn't listen to instruction, doesn't listen, you know, but a wise man heeds, a wise man listens, you know, and, and then, you know, if you're already there, like, let's say, okay, we've done the surrender thing, well, then, you know, get into position, say, you get to get clear, what are my assignments, really clear, and you know what, your assignment, I, it could be as stupid as cleaning the toilets at Prayer Mountain, now, I'm not saying, you know, I mean, who does that? I'm not saying that, you know, I'm just saying that yeah, that doesn't feel like a very glorious assignment. It could be, you know what, stack the napkins behind the coffee bar. It could be make sure that, you know, the deck is swooped. So it, it could be, you know what, do the boot camp and make sure that that curriculum is excellent. Make sure that there's not a typo in that thing. Make sure that those books look perfect. Make sure that when you stand up there, you're prayed up and you've actually delivered it. It could be, you know what, feed the hungry. It could be, you know what, you make sure that the, the needs of this body, you know, make sure that everybody knows their love. You greet them, you hug them, you know, what, whatever it is. I mean, I don't know what your particular assignment is unless you've shared it with me or unless God's told it to me or unless you're positioned on a team and I know you've got a role. But, but I'm saying it, it's, not the, it's not the significance of the assignment in man's eyes or your own eyes that matters. It's am I doing it? Am I doing it with Jesus 
unto him to the best of my ability, loving him, loving my, like, what am I, am I learning the lessons of this assignment? Because every assignment comes with lessons. Every assignment comes with lessons. And I'll say this, he who is faithful over things that are small will be given, will be made ruler over much. And here's the thing, if you were already ready to be ruler over much, you already would be. So don't get mad. Don't get mad at people. Don't get mad at God. Just do what's in front of you. Do what's in front of you. See, I'm not trying to be See, what's in our heart, the fruit is something that happens. And we can kill ourselves, right? Or we can just do what's our, we're assigned. I'll tell you, it's that simple. It's really not hard. It's just staying in intimacy with him, asking what am I supposed to be doing, and then doing it with him. But here's the, I'll finish with the rest of the scripture. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I mean, this was my story. Thank you, Jesus. I recovered my life, my real life. And I'll show you, that's, Ma that's Matthew 11, 27 through 30. Get away with me. You'll cover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep, listen, I will not lay anything heavy or ill-fitting. Like he's not going to put a roll on you. He's not going to put something on you that doesn't fit. Right? He's not going to make you do something that isn't going to fit who you really are. Now, you know, when you're confused about who you really are, you have to trust him. You know, when you don't know who you are, you're in that process of figuring it out. For a while, it feels like it doesn't fit. So, but you got to trust him that, you know what, you're the one that's changing. It's like, you know, how, you know, it's like, you know, maybe you're normally a size 14 in your old life and he's buying you size six clothes. Well, you're like, that doesn't fit. He's like, well, you're not who you're supposed to be because who you're supposed to be fits into that. And he transformed you. So, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's how that works. But anyway, I won't put anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So praise God. Well, I just, Father, I thank you that there, this is a season of repositioning. It's a season of transition. I mean, there's always these seasons, but I, I just know that these next three months are going to be strategic. And I just pray right now, Father, grace over all of us, God, to hear and do and yield to the movement of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and Father, I just, right now, I just thank you. If there's been areas in our hearts that were touched by today's message, like things that maybe, wow, we just, there's a correction there. There's a course correction. We just, we need to just, you know, get that out of our, our hearts or, or just, you know, bind that thought up or re renounce that imagination or, or just change the way we've been thinking about something. I just thank you that it's that simple. It's that quick. It's not something we have to get in condemnation over. We can just simply say, oh, now I see it. Thank you for the light. Thank you that I now see that and I can just turn from that and be a child of light. And Lord, I just thank you that um, there are promotions being released. There are additional assignments and upgrades and angels being assigned to us in this hour for things that need to get done. And I thank you that there's grace on that. I thank you that there's grace to uh, schedule our time appropriately. There's grace to live where we're supposed to live. And we're if we're supposed to move, we move. If we're supposed to... Um, 
you know, have additional resources to go and pursue that thing, that you're going to show us what to do step by step by step. I thank you that there's grace for this race. There is grace for this assignment. There's grace to surrender. I thank you that if we've not surrendered, God, I thank you that your spirit is there to help us, to help us walk into the truth, to walk into that you're a good God, that you're the best father that ever lived, that you're the best thing that ever happened to humankind, and that we can trust that you've only got good things, that every good and perfect gift comes from above, that if it's good, it comes from you, but if it's not, it's not you. So, Lord, I just pray that we would just get into alignment and that we would receive our assignment. We would receive the assignments that you have for us in this hour. And we wouldn't look around and compare ourselves with people. We wouldn't, we wouldn't look at somebody else and think, you know, hey, I should be further along or I, I, I think I can do that better or worse. Or we just, we wouldn't even look, we wouldn't, we wouldn't confer with flesh and blood. We would just look to you and say, hey, you know what? You've asked me to do this. This is my assignment from heaven, and I'm going to do it with a happy heart. I'm going to do it with joy. And, Lord, I just pray that grace on us this week. I pray that grace on us in this season over the next three months, God, as we just step out and do new things and recommit ourselves to things that maybe we've dropped. Clear the clutter off of our off of our mind, God. Just clear the clutter. Clear anything that's confusing or anything that would try to interfere with us being really clear about what you're saying. Father, I pray that we would spend time with you, that we would make it a priority to hear your voice, and that whatever you tell us to do, we're just going to do that. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Thank you for picking us up when we fall and strengthening us, strengthening us with might in our inner man when we feel weak. Thank you that we can finish this race, that we can finish it with joy. And thank you for showing us who we really are. Thank you for helping us to become comfortable in our own skin where we don't need the approval of anyone. we can just love because we are secure. Thank you for the work that you began in us. And thank you that you're going to bring it to completion. Thank you. And you know what? I just have just this one last word. Um, there's just been some relationships in our lives that have been hard. And, you know, in heaven, it's not going to be like that. And it's not going to be like that because we're all going to think like Jesus. But we're in the process of having minds renewed right now. And so sometimes programs in, in, in people's minds clash with other programs in people's minds. And so we come into this, like they call it a personality clash, whatever you want to call it. But just the way that one person thinks clashes with the way another person thinks. And I just hear the Lord saying, you know, separation in those instances for the purpose of transformation is okay. It's okay that there's grace for you. There's grace for those other people. And that there's grace for the transformation that needs to occur. And oh, by the way, if it doesn't happen in this lifetime, it's going to happen. Because he's going to win. Right? So you just, just cooperate with the transformation that God's doing in your life. Because you're the only person that you can control. 
It's called self-control. 